We are cracking open the mailbag. What is going on with this defensive coordinator search? Would we rather have Dante Moore or Aiden Childs? And then, of course, a lot of questions about this basketball team, too. Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked on Spartans is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more, and right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That is $150 if your team wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash Locked on to get started. Spartan friends, Spartan family, Locked on Spartans listeners, thank you guys so much for kicking off your day with us here at Locked on Spartans. Your team in green and white five days a week. We got a fun show. Diving headfirst into the mailbag. Ever want to reach out with a question? Locked on Spartans at gmail.com is the way to do it, or Sheehan underscore sports. Now, before popping open this mailbag, we do have a bit of transfer portal news. And no, it's it's not a Spartan heading into the transfer portal. It is a beaver from Oregon State. Tight end Jack Velling is in the portal, and that's going to raise an eyebrow from us Spartan fans because Jack Velling wasn't just a nice tight end for you know Oregon State. He was pretty elite. He he had the most touchdown catches of any tight end in college football this year with eight. He enters the transfer portal. And of course, you think, well, is he going to travel with Jonathan Smith, offensive coordinator Brian Lindgren, and also tight ends coach Brian Wozniak, who is in Michigan State. Stay tuned. Uh, that would be a big addition. I should also point out that we are recording in the middle of the afternoon on Wednesday. And well, as things go lately, Things are happening every single hour, so if there's anything we missed the rest of the day, you know that we will catch up to it on tomorrow's show. But right now, let's dig head first into the mailbag here. And this first question is from Singus. I'm considering buying a trailer in the desert without Wi-Fi or TV of any kind. Will I be happier? And I don't know how the answer <laughs> wouldn't be. Yes, of course you would be happier. Uh, a lot of us are dealing with this recent basketball loss and this football season just fine, it looks like. And Chris asks, non-serious question, what's your favorite brand of bleach asking for a friend? Well, Chris, I'm done with bleach. I actually just go straight to unleaded gasoline now these days after the last few months. But no, let's get into the serious questions here. And another one from Chris. Who would you realistically call first for the defensive coordinator position? We're going to tie this in as well with Spartan Dog 23's question, forcing myself to stay awake until a defensive coordinator is announced, starting to fall critically ill. But what do you know and like about Jimmy Lake? Because, yes, that is the first guy that I would be calling right now after Phil Parker. But as the days go on, it seems less and less likely that Phil Parker, the defensive coordinator at Iowa, the Michigan State grad, is not going to be coming up here to East Lansing. So Jimmy Lake is where I kind of gravitate to. And it is kind of weird that, uh-oh, we're coming up on like two more days until official visits start rolling back into East Lansing. You guys think you want your defensive coordinator here to talk to the defensive recruits that are coming to campus? Well, Jimmy Lake is an interesting situation because right now he is assistant coach at well, the Los Angeles Rams, not a college team, an NFL team that is still in the midst of their season. And Al Karsten, he goes by Big Alfredo Sauce on Twitter. He points this out as well. Again, Big Alfredo Sauce on Twitter. Go follow him. Plenty of great stuff on his account. He pointed out that last season, 
the Rams offensive coordinator, Liam Cohen, was headed to Kentucky to also be their defensive coordinator or offensive coordinator. And that was announced on December 9th, but it wasn't going to be made official until January 10th when the Rams season finished. So it could be a case of, hey, they're going to wait until the Rams season finishes to officially bring him on as defensive coordinator if, if this is the plan with Jimmy Lake. And maybe that it's announced anytime between like right now and maybe early next week if it is going to be Jimmy Lake. Now, this has to be pointed out as well. Jimmy Lake, he's making a smooth $1.5 million right now to be the assistant head coach of the Los Angeles Rams. That is just, I mean, by, you know, day-to-day work, considerably easier of a job than college coaching, than recruiting, than getting just on the ground and on the trails more times than you would in the NFL. And also, depending on who you ask, but more people like to live in nice, warm climates like you would get in L.A. than up here in sunny, tropical East Lansing. So it, it will be a tough pull, but hey. If they do it, it could happen. It just might not be official until January. But just like Al Carson points out, you can still announce it in December. Now, why do I love this Jimmy Lake guy so much? Even though when he was a head coach at Washington for all of 17 minutes, it did not go well. Well, he's got the defensive back background. Uh, he had the top defense in the Pac-12 in 2018. And then after that year, lost nine of his starters and was still able to hold teams to under 20 points per game. And he schemes a defense suited on what? He has. This isn't like what we just saw in the last regime where it's like, hey, we're going to run this scheme. I don't really care if we have the personnel or the talent to run what we're trying to do, but uh, yeah, we're just going to go with it and see how, how it all works out. No, what Jimmy Lake did at Washington is sometimes he would run a 2-4-5 defense because, hey, let's say they didn't have the hulking presence at defensive line to throw four down linemen. Sometimes it would just be two down linemen, two guys that were linebacker size on the edges, and then five in the secondary as well. Look, if he has the talent to run something like a 4-2 or a 4-3, I'm sure he will do it, but he is very flexible. So that is why I like Jimmy Lake. The recruiting was fine with him at Washington. He brought in 13 four-star recruits and, well, just his knowledge of the game at every single level. Now, Kermit asks, when are we going to start filling out the rest of this staff? And right now, as things stand on the offensive side of the ball, I think it's all said and done. Offensive coordinator Brian Lindgren and then running backs coach Coach Banafa, offensive lineman Coach Maholchek, wide receivers coach I imagine will be Courtney Hawkins, and then tight end Brian Wozniak. So you have some holes here. On the defensive side of the ball, the defensive coordinator, I don't it, it could be you for all I care. Uh, secondary, Blue Adams. Uh, defensive line coach, Sui Noah. And then linebacker coach, there's no one. And then also, special teams uh, really just doesn't have any action or traction going on there right now as well. So, defensive coordinator, maybe they're holding out on to see who he wants to bring in as a linebacker coach if they want to use one of their 10 position coaches on a linebacker group. For me. I would throw Hail Mary out there and say Max Bola, perhaps. But, hey, that might be too big of a jump. Right now he's a grad assistant at Notre Dame, but I do want him back here in at least a defensive analyst role, but then special teams as well. Now, Santi Aldama fan, he writes in, should we have tried to make a bigger splash than Lindgren for our, our offensive coordinator? Bigger question, is Smith bringing in too much of his old staff? We've been kind of touching on a little bit if Smith has brought on too much of his old staff from Corvallis, and I'm – just like slightly concerned because yes, seven guys have traveled from here or sorry, from Corvallis to East Lansing. And that's not even counting the recruiting department, uh, the chief of staff, if you will, the strength and conditioning, but 
that's a lot of guys from Corvallis that really don't have any Midwest connections here outside of Brian Wozniak and Blue Adams. I guess you can count him as well, having some outside of Corvallis connections as well. But again, that they've shown that they can develop players over in Corvallis. So I, yes, it is a concern that there are no Midwest ties by and large on the staff, but I'm not panicked about it just yet, just because we've seen Brian Smith build a program from the ground up, not really having to do it with recruiting. And that's not to say that we don't want good recruits over here. We certainly do. But yeah, development has happened even with recruiting handicaps uh, over in Corvallis as well. Milkman writes in, Aiden Childs or Dante Moore to MSU, you can only choose one. Guys, I'm going to go with Aiden Childs here. Now, if you don't know, both these guys are quarterbacks that are in the transfer portal. Very highly thought of and sought after as well. Dante Moore being the guy from Detroit, former five-star kid. He went to UCLA for one year. It went pretty horrible there. He did not have a good year whatsoever. And then Aiden Childs, who quite the opposite. He didn't start for Oregon State, as many of you guys know. But, man, the times where he did get in, he showed some flashes. He showed that powerful arm, the action that he can have with his legs as well. And no, I'm not just saying that I'd rather have Aiden Childs because, well, that's kind of where the smoke is blowing in all this. It seems almost like a sure thing that Aiden Childs will be coming to Michigan State. And I'm not just trying to, you know, gas him up and hype up Michigan State fans. But no, we've seen what the floor is with Aiden Childs in his stints at Oregon State, whereas we've also seen the floor with Dante Moore in UCLA. And my God, it. There's a few stories of space between the floors of where these guys are at. Dante Moore is sitting on the ground level, and Aiden Childs is already at the third floor, I think, with just where he is going to start as a quarterback next season. Also, add in the fact that Childs did commit to Jonathan Smith. He did commit to Brian Lindgren. He is familiar with their system and comfortable with their coaching, whereas Dante Moore, this would be a whole new experience. I don't remember Brian or Jonathan Smith uh, you know, flying over here. Brian Lindgren flying over here to visit Martin Luther King to check in on Dante Moore, but I'd imagine that would be the first interaction between these guys on that visit. Whereas Childs, it's it's already ingrained. It's it's already there, guys. All right, we got plenty of more mailbag questions to go, including some football, and then we will eh, transition to the basketball court. Yay, woohoo! But first, need to talk your ear off about Fan Duel Sportsbook, gang. As the weather gets colder and the season gets older, the NFL offers stay white hot on Fan Duel. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's right. Don't even worry about the spread. Don't worry about laying down the points. Just peruse the menu of games that you like. Put that $5 bet in there. And if you win, well, that is $5 turned into $150 back in bonus bets if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, the same game parlays, which, look, I know the basketball season has been miserable so far, but hey, you know what? You can have some fun with some same game parlays in college basketball. So what are you waiting for, gang? Visit FanDuel.com slash lockdown and kick off the NFL season. It's FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Also, homefieldapparel.com. If you want to look the best of any Spartan fan or you want to hook up any Spartan fan with a great holiday gift this season, we're talking shirts, we're talking long sleeve t-shirts, crew neck sweatshirts, hoodies, hats that are all going to make you not just look the best in your vintage logo apparel, but feel the best as well. 
every day, I can't decide what I want to talk about first. Am I going to talk about how sweet Homefield looks? Again, with their vintage logos. Logos that you may have never even seen before in your entire life. Or do I want to talk about just how comfortable this clothing is? Again, the t-shirts, long t-shirts, sweatshirts. They are all the most comfortable articles of clothing I have in my closet. So treat the Spartan in your life right this holiday season. Or hey, if you are that Spartan, treat yourself this holiday season. And also save yourself some money. When you go to homefieldapparel.com, smash in promo code LOS23. That's going to get you 15% off of your first order. Again, gang, LOS23 for 15% off at homefieldapparel.com. All right, let's dig into the mailbag a little bit more here. And then Bob tweets, oh boy, he writes in a great question. Hypothetical scenario. Would you rather have Aiden Childs, but that means that Scotty Hazleton comes back as defensive coordinator, or... We get Phil Parker at D.C., but we get Kaiten Hauser to come back to start at quarterback. I hummed and hawed over this question for quite some time. I've gone back and forth, but I am going to settle with, as highly as I think about Aiden Childs, I'm going to go with Phil Parker at defensive coordinator and then Kaiten Hauser at starting quarterback as well. Uh, Kate Hauser, look, I would like to see what he can do in an offseason with some proper quarterback coaching from Jonathan Smith, from Brian Lindgren as well. But also, more importantly, Phil Parker, what he's done in Iowa with that defense year in and year out is not necessarily done with blue chip four stars or flashy five stars. No, these are guys that are three stars by and large, and he is turning them into defenses good enough to go to the Big Ten championship game this year. And yes, I I understand that playing in the Big Ten West is a major, major factor in that, but I just look at what they do on defense, even against the Big Ten East teams, guys. Like, they they are a solid group. So, hey, Phil Parker, come here. Tighten up the defense. Kaden Hauser, you get a year of some quarterback coaching. And also, maybe one thing I got to pause with the Aiden Childs thing is, no, having Scotty Hazleton back for another year of whatever that is is, is not appealing whatsoever, but – I do worry with Aiden Childs because it's not like a sure thing that he's going to be great here because I need to see what happens in the transfer portal with the offensive line. Is he going to be protected at all this upcoming year? Uh, maybe, possibly, but I don't know that to be a sure thing as much as I do know that, well, Phil Parker, defensive coordinator, would be a sure thing. All right, this will be our last football question, and this is a good one from Kurt here. This is a MSU recruiting question. If we land the freshman from Oregon State, Aiden Childs, who else should the Spartans quarterback to fill that quarterback room back up? And that is a fantastic question because that's one of the concerns that we have is, hey, cool, if you get Aiden Childs or you get a Dante Moore, what if they get hurt? Then what? You don't have a quarterback recruit, Henry Hasselbeck, He's gone. The other three guys are gone as well. How else are you going to fill this room other than just knocking on frat doors on Saturday mornings and seeing who is awake and not hung over enough to make it to Spartan Stadium to play quarterback? In reality, this is how I think it's going to play out. It's going to be guys from like group of five schools or seniors from schools that, you know, maybe weren't even a starter at their old place. I don't think you're going to dive in here and get, you know, a, a, a Dylan Gabriel, for example. I don't think you're going to get another flashy guy. So it's going to be guys, and these are names I'm just going to throw out here as examples, guys like a Michael Alamo, all right? He was a backup at Kent State. You know, he didn't really play a lot, and even when he did play, it wasn't all that great. Or someone like Carlos Davis, a guy that's a senior, a guy that's played college for four years. He was at UMass last year. The three years before that, Western Carolina. He played a little bit at UMass, and when he did play, 
it went okay. So maybe for his last year of eligibility, he wants to be a backup at a power five school instead of being a backup at UMass. Or this might be the best example possible. And maybe the most realistic name is a guy by the name of Joey Yellen. He was at Hawaii last year, started at the beginning of the season, lost that starting job. And well, he was at Arizona State before that as well, familiar with power five football. But not just both those things, not just because, you know, he's a senior and, oh, he was a backup at Hawaii to end the season. But also, this is why it could be a realistic name, is back in 2018, this guy was being recruited by Brian Lindgren and Jonathan Smith. So the name Joey Yellen, again, I'm not going to claim he's going to come here and if Aiden Childs gets hurt, we're going to plug him in and he's going to save our season. But at this point, you just need names. You just need bodies. You need people in that quarterback room to, you know, hang out with Aiden Childs and take some practice reps in the case that Childs does get hurt. So, yeah, it's going to be someone like that, a senior that is in the transfer portal that just needs a home and is not expecting to, you know, start at some Power 5 school and get some a million-dollar NIL deal. So, yeah, Joey Yellen. That's, that's probably the most realistic name that I got here. Uh, now let's go to <clears throat> the basketball court. Woohoo! Everyone's thrilled to talk about this team. I got to say, <laughs> this is so embarrassing. Um, I slept on it. I slept on that game from Wisconsin. I'm still as furious about that game as I was then when it ended. Uh, we are almost 24-hour ruling it, and I, I, I'm still just... <sighs> anyway. Anyway, let's talk about this team. Benjamin writes in. Now, this is a question that more people than just Benjamin have wrote in. Do we make the tournament? Seriously, do we? All right, guys. This might calm you. This might panic you. We'll see how you know far up on the DEFCON chart you are with this season. I plugged the games into BartTorvik.com. We reference that website all the time here. They have great stats. Some are very analytical. Some are very advanced. But this is a fun tool everyone can use. They line up the games. They predict whether you're going to lose that game or win that game. And you can select win or lose. I did win for all the games Michigan State is favored to win. I selected loss for all the games that Bart Torvik expects us to lose. And I put a win in the first round of the Big Ten tournament because I'm feeling spicy. And then a loss in the second round. You plug all of that in, that spits out a 21-12 and 12 record. If we just go by what is predicted, which we all know probably isn't going to happen in college basketball, but sake of conversation, let's say Michigan State did win all the games they're supposed to and lose the games they're expected to lose. That's a 21-12 and 12 overall record. That spits out a nine seed. Great. Awesome work for a preseason top five team. But anyway, that's where we're at right now. And also, in the midst of all that, it's not that strong of a big 10 this year, guys. Because in the middle of the schedule, Bart Torvik projects you to have an eight-game win streak. It's like in that January and February stretch right there. Again. Will this happen? Is it going to be chalk? Of course not. They're going to maybe win a game they're not supposed to. And if anything is any indication of what we've been seeing so far this season, they will surely drop some games that they are supposed to win. But right now, they're, they're a nine-seed team. It's like, how pathetic is that? But whatever. I mean, it is, it is what it is with this team so far this year. Uh, Owen writes in, <clears throat> am I crazy? that I want to see how Izzo and the players are going to respond to this horrible start. I want more basketball somehow. 
Owen, no offense, point blank, but yeah, you you are crazy for, for wanting to see more of this team immediately. Now, we do have to wait until Sunday to see this team against Nebraska. And by the way, speaking of Bart Torvik, Michigan State, according to the computers, will be a 1.3-point underdog in that game. So that's not a guarantee like it usually is against Nebraska, guys. Michigan State is going to have to work for that game. But uh, here is why I think that you're maybe a little crazy on that you want to see Izzo and how the players respond during this horrible start is because we have already seen a pretty good sample size so far of how they respond to adversity so far this year. Whether it's at the macro level of the season where, all right, not the strongest response to the James Madison game or the Duke game, or the micro level when things get going tough inside of the games, like they get down 16 points or 17 points or 10 points in the first half. Not, not real great at responding to adversity. Sure, they have some cool second-half comebacks that make the game close. How do those go once they start to get close again? Oh, 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 no one's a leader or no one can step up and actually shut the door on a vanity comeback they make in the second half? Like, no, I. if you're holding that hope that they can change, more power to you. I'm actually very jealous of you that you can't think like that. But no, for me... I've I've seen enough of how this team responds to adversity so far this year. Not built for it and haven't been the last few years. All right, we got more lovely basketball talk coming up. This is a real upbeat conversation topic that we're on right now. But first, I need to talk your ear off about Prize Picks, the leader in daily fantasy sports. Gang, with the basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League. Now, this is pretty fun. It's a league created specifically for combo projections that include two or more players from different sports or leagues. Like, hey, for example, LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at 10 and a half combo of three-pointers made plus receptions. Now, with prize picks, you just got to guess more than or less than that number. You string together enough players, and then bang, you can multiply your money up to times 25. And you want to play alongside some of Price Picks' favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Scholes? Well, now you can find community plays under the promos tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the Price Picks community each week. So, what are you waiting for, gang? Start the winning early because when you go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college, and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. You're going to start earning right off the bat. Again, that is prizepicks.com slash locked on college and promo code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. It's prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, diving back into the mailbag here to talk about that basketball team. Woo! All right, Roll Tide Rye writes in. Is it time to write off this hoops team of doing anything special? I think at this point, if we get some March magic, we're uh, no better than a sweet 16 team. Also, it pains me to finally be honest with myself that Izzo isn't going to get number two. Your thoughts. Yeah, I, I've I've written this team off of doing anything special this season. Um, again, and, and, here, and here is why. It's not just because I'm grumpy and I'm cranky, but this team has deficiencies that aren't going to change just like that, whether it is the leadership, okay? We have seen Izzo begging for a leader the last few years. These guys that are now super seniors or 23 years old or some combination of both, they have not taken that leadership role, okay? If they haven't the last year or two years, what makes you think that all of a sudden that they're going to be like, okay, yeah, oh, all right, yeah, sure, I'll be that guy. But also, I mean, just away from the intangible stuff, they don't have a big man. They don't have any big man. And I know that Jackson Kohler, he's going to come back and save the day. He's going to rescue us. Hey, he can score. 
Yeah, he could score eight to ten points a game. He could also give up 14 or 16 points a game, too. Like, no, that, that is going to be a massive Achilles heel moving forward. And also, right games into the season, I think we're starting to see the sample size big enough to understand that, uh-oh, three-point shooting is actually a problem this year. Maybe water isn't going to find its level. And, hey, maybe Jaden Akins is truly broken because this man could be all alone in a gym and he's not scoring three-pointers anymore. Like, he, he is just broken from behind the arc. And, look, the start to this season, I've heard a lot of people say that, is very reminiscent to the 2010-2011 season. Now, if you're a young whippersnapper and you have no idea what I'm talking about, well, God bless you. That was my freshman year at Michigan State. Holy smokes, I'm old. But, hey. That 2010-2011 team that entered the year as the number two team in the nation and then just crawled to the finish line and got a 10th seed in March, at least eight games in the season, they were 6-2, and two. okay? Like, even they started the season okay. Now things started to fall apart in Big Ten play. They lost five of six, but at least you knew that somewhere, somewhere in that team, that back-to-back -back Final Four team, there was talent. There was Kalen Lucas, there was Darrell Summers, there was Delvon Rowe, there was Draymond Green, if you want to talk about leadership as well. And what undid that team ultimately? Well, if you even believe 20% of the rumors that came out about that year, even if it was just one out of every five rumor about that team was true, that's still enough to rip the fabric of team chemistry. And I don't know if any of that's going on with this team, but man, oh man, at least you saw that there was talent somewhere on that team, whereas this team... You see the glaring holes. You see the three-point shooting. You see the big men not being factors at all. So, I, I don't know. I, I we, we might just be death marching through this season to another 10 seed. Woo-hoo. Nice. All right. Oh, no. Ryan wants to ask, can you explain to these people why Booker isn't playing? Thanks. We're going to hammer the Xavier Booker situation here because I've long said, that this is going to be a project, and I've long defended Izzo not playing Xavier Booker as many minutes as he had this year. And so why isn't he playing? Okay, his defense, not great. His motor, okay, not that great either. And at his height, he doesn't have the frame and the weight to fit that center position. I've been hearing a lot about that too of, hey, well, Mahdi's not great. Carson Cooper is kind of struggling too. Let's put Booker right there. Okay, right now, the way Xavier Booker is built physically, he is not a center. So that is why he has not been playing. However, 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 I'm done saying that, okay, they shouldn't play Booker or he's unplayable because what do we get right now out of that five position? We get being lost on defense. We get lack of rebounding. We get lack of an offensive threat. So why not just put Xavier Booker there and let him grow at least? Right now, hey, you have a senior. That is not that good. That is just about at his ceiling. We've seen him for four years not develop whatsoever. And then here's the other player. Hey, he's not that good either, but he's currently lying on the floor of his potential right now. He only has room to grow. Maybe we play him. Maybe we start the project right now because it's very clear right now that this will be a project to live up to that five-star billing that he was coming to Michigan State with. But also, if you don't play him, is he going to be around for us to even build him, or is he just going to transfer if he keeps on getting zeroed out in every single game so people at the five position can just continue doing what they're doing, which is, well, not really make an impact on the game. And I'm going to circle back. Look, I just said he's not a center, so it would be weird, but it would be a small ball sort of lineup here, which is an odd thing to say about a six foot ten player. But 
when you're just 115 pounds, um, yeah, that kind of just makes you a small ball player. But yeah, Xavier Booker's got to play a little bit more because it's not like you're getting anything else from any other player at the five. All right, Gary writes in, please broach that subject everyone is afraid to ask about. Is it time to be thinking of a succession plan for the head coach position at Michigan State? This is shaping up to be the fourth consecutive disappointing season. Could someone else do better? Sure. Absolutely, someone else could be doing better right now. Someone could be utilizing the transfer portal a whole lot better. Someone could be, I don't know, scheming things up a little different, for example. But the reason that I don't really talk about the fire Izzo thing or the, oh, we got to move on from Izzo thing, just because it's not going to happen. It's it's not realistic. I mean, that'd just be like me choosing to go car shopping at the Maserati dealership or the Lamborghini dealership. It's like... I. I'm not walking out with another one of these cars anyway. It's just not a reality. Just like the same way, pushing Izzo out the door is not a reality or forcing him into retirement is not a reality. Fair or not, this man has worked his way into the position where he's going to call the shots on his career. Like, could you imagine Alan Haller walking into his office and saying, Tom, I'm sorry, but you're fired. Izzo would look him dead in the face and say, no, Alan, no, you're fired. I'm the biggest I'm the biggest figure at this university and have been for quite some time. Like, no, it, it's just the fact of the matter is that Izzo's going to call his own shots. So why don't I get on here and say, oh, we got to think of moving on? Look, he's going to be here as long as he wants, whether that's one more season, whether that's 20 more seasons. It's, It just is what it is. Maddie Rose writes the last question that we will hit on right now. It is as it stands today, what is your confidence level that Izzo can win another one? <laughs> it's 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 low it, it's pretty low it's very low actually uh based on everything that we've seen so far this year and also when you look at hey next year what about next year you could be losing and i know no one's going to miss a lot of these players but hogard hall tyson walker's out that door and then okay who's going to transfer away from this team will Jaden aikens leave is uh is this freshman class going to stick around oh and by the way are you ever going to get a big man and I know that people like me cry for a big man. Hey, go to the portal and get a big man. But in all reality, you know what there's a shortage of every single year in the transfer portal? It's it's big men. It's big men that can contribute immediately. So I, I don't know what this roster even looks like next year, but hey, who knows? It's just not, I'm just, I, I don't have a lot of faith that Izzo can win another one here based on the start of this season. And well, what the roster makeup could be in the future. Oh boy. And you know what? This is a fun question that my, uh, that Maddie also wrote in as well. Also, when you get back in time and be a student at Michigan state for one more day, what are you doing? Who are you seeing? Oh God, I'm going to start tearing up here because man, I, first of all, I'm waking up at 11 AM. Like I used to back in the heyday where there was absolutely sub-zero responsibility as a college student. So after I wake up at the crack of uh, uh, dawn is what we'll call it. I'm going to go start playing some basketball at IM East, some of the worst basketball that you've ever seen in your entire life. But, hey, you're getting your sweat on, and you are with friends just duking it out in a 45-minute game up to 11 points. And then after that, absolutely smashing food at the Brody Cafeteria. We are getting three trays of food. And then we're going back to the dorms. We're sipping some beer. We're playing some Xbox. I'm playing Call of Duty and just being the absolute worst at it on the entire campus. My KD ratio was like a 0.26, but that's okay because we are buzzing with the boys. And then to cap it off, one more party at this little house on Orchard Avenue or Orchard Lane, whatever it was called. But yes, that was the state news house back in the day. I worked at the state news. And let me tell you, as lame as that group of kids sounds like me and a bunch of us student journalists, 
If you catch us at the tail end of a 50-hour work week, which we often worked back at the state news, that was some drinking going on back at those college parties at Orchard House. So, yes, the house was big enough to hold eight people. We somehow routinely fit 30 people in it every single weekend, and those parties were ragers. Were they full of dorks like myself? Yeah, maybe some of them. I, I like to think a lot of them were cool, but man, that, oh, the shenanigans that happened inside of Orchard House and the fire codes that were broken inside of Orchard House. My goodness gracious, it would make any fireman just absolutely furious at what was going on in there. It's a, it's a blessing we made it out alive every single weekend. All right, gang. Thank you so much for the questions. There are some we did not get to. I will try to get to them on tomorrow's show. And of course, we're going to recap anything that we missed. But hey, until then, love you all. Go Green.